Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, John Howard Steele. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting. I'm so grateful to have you here today. You've written a wonderful new book, Cage Lion, Joseph Pilati and His Legacy. A great book. I knew the minute it came through my desk that we had to have you on. A number of my friends and people I know just love the practice and the study of Pilates, the exercise craze that have taken over the world. But there's a man behind that wonderful practice and study and his name is joseph pilates and you not only studied pilates for 60 years you know the man and studied under him for a number of years so that's that's great share with the audience so what what even brought you to the study of pilates oh what brought me the two pilates i mean there are two uh two things what brought me to pilates and what brought me to write a book what brought me to pilates was a, uh, a an insistence by my mother, <laughs> who who did go to Pilates, and absolutely adored it. And this was back in the early nineteen sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, what brought me uh, there was her insistence that I go to deal with a chronic stiff neck that I had. Mm-hmm. And that would have been actually a routine thing, except I didn't trust my mother's judgment about anything. And no. I thought this was, you know, I thought Joseph Plotis was a quack or some kind of, <laughs> uh, my mother fell for that kind of stuff. And uh, was always out in front with all these uh, crazy uh, things, crazy people that uh, she should have lived in uh, in northern california <laughs> but she didn't she lived in, in new york but so i finally finally gave in and said i'll go and i went but she made the appointment and i went and i met uh, as i describe in the book i met uh, joseph plotties right outside the uh, staircase up to the mm-hmm. floor on which his, his gym was mm-hmm. And we both looked at each other. He was in his 80s, mm-hmm. about the age I am now. Wow. And I was in not even 30. And we both had come from two completely different worlds. Mm-hmm. We both looked at each other, I think, with incredible disdain. At least uh, that was my feeling. I mean, who who is this guy wearing shorts, nothing else? <laughs> And he looked at me dressed up in my Brooks Brothery kind of preppy, lawyery New York City hotshot young guy outfit and thought, oh my God, I got to start with this, you know, spoiled brat. <laughs> and that's how we, uh, I think, encountered each other the first few minutes. Yeah. It changed radically. Uh, during the course of the, that first hour. Yeah. But well, I was amazed. 
I was amazed, John, to hear how your ass got whooped by. Because you said, hey, I'm pretty athletic here. This is going to be pretty easy. But it wasn't as easy as it looked. I mean, you run through the series of exercises that he walked you through. And you found that it really you know, took a toll. And, and uh, yeah, it was an interesting first experience you had. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> and it wasn't easy. And it's now, you know, 60 years later, almost, 57. It's still not easy. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be easy. Uh, but on the other hand, it's not hard. In other words, what Joe did to me that first day doesn't happen to uh, people today, ever. Uh, uh, they all go to studios and they're treated uh, much more gently than he treated me. Mm-hmm. I think it took I, you know, I wrote in the book, I questioned whether he was testing me the first time. And if I'm right about his attitude toward me mm-hmm. at that time, you know, he, he sort of wanted to make it very, very difficult on me to see if I had what he thought would be necessary to stick with it. And also necessary for him to waste his time at his age. Yeah. So it's not that anymore. But the thing about uh, Pilates and the thing about your friends who love it, and you will love it if you do it, I, I promise, uh, <laughs> is that it isn't easy. It's, it requires it's- concentration. Mm-hmm. And that is what distinguishes it from so many other things that you lose yourself in the concentration of it. It Mm -hmm. it doesn't come naturally. Uh, And uh, as I say, I've been doing it all these years. I have a reformer in the next room and I do know the routine absolutely cold, but uh, you can't watch television. You can't read a book. Mm-hmm. You you can't you can't listen to a podcast, the radio, if you really and uh, want to get something out of it. Yeah. And once you do concentrate on it, which is essentially concentrating on your body mm-hmm. and how you move. Uh, you get a benefit that you, uh, I can't even articulate, but I try in the book. Yeah. <laughs> it's very hard. Yeah, what I'm getting um, from what you wrote and your experiences is really connecting deeply with your body. And and I, like you mentioned, you go to the gym, you're running on the treadmill, you're reading a book, you're thinking, I'm getting exercise done here. But you're not really listening to your body and what's going on with it right now. Where are you at with it? Well, you're totally right about that, Christina. You're not. And once you start to listen to your body and focus on it and try to understand what you're doing to make any movement, any, I mean, just touch your nose. Well, it's easy. You don't think about it. Bring your hand, touch your nose, touch your nose. But then start to think about your muscles, start to feel them moving and the more you feel that and get in touch with that, the more you get in touch with how your body works. So when you're walking down this, you know, people ask me, well, how often do you do Pilates? You know, it's always that kind of thing. You do it three times a week, four times a week. And the answer 
that I've come to give, having <laughs> gone through uh, these uh, uh, Zoom processes, is I do it every minute of my waking hour. I mean, I'm actually trying to sit straight in because I'm feeling what it takes to sit straight. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to keep my head straight. And I'm trying to use my hands in, in, in a, and when I get up or sit down or move. Once you start to get in touch with this, mm -hmm. you don't have to consciously think about it. But your body is somehow thinking about it. So it becomes and a lifestyle more, more than anything. Yeah. And it, it's not something you, you know, work at. It's something that just happens. Mm -hmm. it's, it's great in that sense. You, yeah. you feel it all the time. Yeah. And it, it, uh, what could be better than getting in touch with your body? You know then what your body needs and when things are out of whack. And it could be anything. Disease is usually um, things being out of ease in your body. And if you're more connected to it, you're going to begin to realize when a disease is starting to take place. Yeah, mm -hmm. you you know when you're having a good day or a bad day. Boy, I'm really loose today, or I'm you know. And athletes are totally in tune with that. I mean, a guy playing uh, tennis uh, competitively, or golf, or any the days when he everything just feels right inside are always going to be better days. And they'll tell you when they lose a big batch in tennis or in golf, hell, he was great today or she was great today. And I, I just didn't, I didn't have it. I, and that's what they're talking about. Yeah. So. Yeah. And often it is a mind thing. It starts with your mind being focused first, whatever you're doing. Um, and I hear that from people who are Olympians. They're like, they're they're really, where do I want to be? They focus on the end result, but also all the things that go into it. Their, their mind is the first thing is where, where it all starts. They got to get in the, what I write in the book, in the zone. In the zone. And, and they do. I mean, they have to. <laughs> you yeah. can't hit a baseball coming at you at 100 miles an hour or a tennis serve coming at you at that speed or or even... No, one in hockey, um, you can't do that if you're actually thinking about it. You have to react to it without thinking. Mm -hmm. And that is where I thought I, I really had to write a, uh, uh, to kind of convey what Joe was trying to get across to people. Yeah. Not to think about things. Do them. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something interesting when I would read, read that because many years ago I was studying dance and the first three months were hell. I could not get the routines. I could not get the choreography. I was starting to study one on one with the teacher and he just said to me, you know what's going on is you're in your head. You're not in your body. You're, you're thinking so much about every move that you're stopping your body from being. And uh, he actually, what's good for me is I'm a kinetic learner. So he got behind me and he said, close your eyes and feel where I'm putting you. And so we did that and I got it like that. And he said, that's what you need to do every time. You need to be in your body, not in your head. Right. Yeah. It, it's hard. I, I play the flute and I take lessons every week. And I would say half the lesson every week mm -hmm. is, is <clears throat> talking to me about getting out of my head 
and into the music. Mm-hmm. And when I was writing the book, I mean, I learned, uh, just to back up a minute, I learned so much about why I wrote the book by writing the book. I mean, and so much about Pilates by writing the book. It was like I wrote the book to, to find the answer to these questions. I mean, people think you just sit down and type away and the book comes out. No, that's the book presented challenges and questions. And one of the big challenges that I think a lot of uh, Pilates professionals are responding to, what is Pilates? Why? Why? Why do your friends like it so much? It's it's just exercise. I mean, isn't it? You just go and you do these things and you sweat or you don't sweat or you get aerobic or you don't get aerobic. And what's so good about that? And so that was a struggle and uh, trying to uh, find that out was very difficult. And I fortunately came across uh, the the, uh, psychiatrist at the University of Chicago, uh, Sixten Mihaly, and his book in the 90s called Flow. Hmm. And when I read Flow, uh, I said, oh, that's, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. It's this getting into the zone, into the zone. Mm-hmm. And, and so by writing the book, I started to answer the question, one of the questions I had, which was, what's so good about this? Why do people like it? Why is it so addictive? I had other questions like, why did I stay involved with it? Yeah. Not only just to do it, mm-hmm. but to be part of this whole project to keep it alive. Why did I do that? And so I had to deal with that. Yeah. And you know, How much it was, did your personal relationship play a part with that? Because you did um, also build a relationship outside the studio with Joseph Pilates and his wife. Uh, did that play a part in you wanting to continue his legacy? Yeah, I think it played a lot bigger part than I gave it credit for before I wrote the book. And yeah, there was something very important to me about Joe's attitude toward life mm-hmm. and his his survival instincts. Mm-hmm. And his manliness in in a in a good way. I don't mean in a you know macho kind of way. In a, in a very good way. And I I, I was so uh, uh, steeped in my own culture and my own upper middle class life and the expectations everyone had for me and mm-hmm. yada yada could go on for hours, but. I was so steeped into that mm-hmm. that I, there was no way out that I can imagine today looking back. Mm-hmm. But Joe was the way out. I, I saw how he behaved. And if you, you know, it, when I'm describing walking with him down the street, <laughs> that was... It, it was very important to me 
it wasn't just to walk down the street. It was to see and actually get influenced by how he conducted that walk. Why, why did he drag me along like that? Why did he... How did he maneuver in New York City? How, how oblivious was he to everyone's expectations? He mm. he took care of himself, didn't bother anyone else, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got where he was going. He kept it. At, he wanted to do it as an exercise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was very important to kind of see his anarchy in a way yeah it helped me to be a bit strong anarchist if (laughs) that's the word i don't even know yeah well he definitely had a presence about him that was very different and sometimes i sounded abrupt and maybe some people would say a bit rude like when you first mentioned coming in a woman came in and said i want you to get my tummy flatter he's like no don't want to see you because he was like, I want people to focus on, on bettering themselves with their body and not just coming here to lose weight. It's not a lose weight program. So he, he wouldn't have anything to do with her until she came back and said, okay, I want to work on me and my body. It's like, okay, sit down. You know, and then he's like, no, I'm, really, I'm ready to work with you. <laughs> right. Uh, he, he was incredibly rude. I mean, uh, talk about, you know, having uh, – just the worst mannerisms for inducing clients to come into something which didn't have the reputation Mm -hmm. that it has today Mm -hmm. where people say, Oh, it's great. Give it a couple of days. You'll love it. And there was no one around to say that. And you took a look at that equipment and the studio. You said, what on earth am I doing here? This is (laughs) so. And meanwhile, you had him. Uh, and only him, uh, abrupt, you know, completely disinterested in anything you had to say yeah. or complain. Gee, my shoulder hurts a lot, or I can't raise my arm. Get down on the machine and get to work. <laughs> yeah now tell me i remember a scene where you talked about the shower where he he was very (laughs) scrubbing afterward well why was that important for the exercise process uh i think it was in this sense it's very good question why did it fit into everything else a lot of people are always curious about about the shower thing why was it important because his focus on taking care of yourself mm-hmm. was the whole thing. It wasn't giving you a 45 minutes of exercise. It was teaching you to, to do things better in your life, to enjoy it more, to be healthier, to be happier, to be more confident. That was what was at the heart of Joseph Pilates. You know, to, to think that it was only, eh, I just go in and get a sweat and get my aerobics up and lose a few pounds. And that had nothing to do with it, really. Mm-hmm. That was that was the after effect. What he was concerned with was you, and not not the you that you think of, the you that goes to work and tries to make money and raises a, the you that lives from your skin inwards. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the shower was just one example 
of taking care of yourself. And I'll answer the question you're not asking, but everyone else does. Do you still use a stiff? Yes. You do. Awesome. You know what impressed me is because I, I often will run to the gym and, the, you know, during lunchtime, I'll run, 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 yeah. run, run, and I'll get my workout in, be totally wet, and I'll just put in my clothes, throw on some deodorant because I don't have time to shower, and I go back to work, and I'm like, run, run, run. The same thing after work. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that, that idea of showering, taking time for your body and saying, you know what, I'm going to take an extra 15 minutes. I'm going to scrub down. I'm going to take care of my body, get out all the impurities and sweat. Um, it sounds like a good idea and uh, something I should add if I run to the gym. Don't just throw it in the middle of the day and run back to work. How, how you know, you just ruin the, the 45 minutes, half hour, whatever you spend trying to give your body something by now rushing back to work and stress. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's better than nothing. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, uh, any exercise. <laughs> I mean, bowling is better than watching television. Golf is better then, you know, gardening is better. So any exercise is really good. Mm-hmm. But when you can combine that with this sort of uh, getting in the zone for a few minutes, when you can combine that with really a dynamic meditation, yoga is very similar in that sense. It's mm-hmm. a it's a meditation. It really is. It's not sitting still and all that, but you, you're in another zone, another state. When you sit down and play the piano for an hour, you're mm-hmm. somewhere else. You're not, you're not, you, you, you <coughs> excuse me, you've done something in your mind, uh, uh, you can kind of analogize to cleansing it or rewiring it. or I mean, I don't know what it is. A neurologist may be able to use better terms. But yeah. the fact is you're, 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 you're revitalizing it. You're recharging it. You're letting all those little electrical things calm down that you had all your worries about paying the bills and whether your dog's going to survive and all these things and they go away. And so all those neurons and little electrical chemical things, they go to rest. And what comes back in is a pleasurable kind of feeling. Oh, well, this feels pretty good doing this exercise. Ooh, that's nice. And when you're playing the piano and you're listening to music or playing the flute or violin or whatever it is, the pleasure comes in and it sort of washes your head out, your brain. And that's what I think is at the heart of all this. It's not the exercise, which is great. Uh, because of the stretching and the flexibility and the spine and and all that, but it's a means to an end, which is the end is your relationship to your to your movement to your body. Yeah. yeah, well, it's fascinating, and there's so many fascinating stories to get to know Joseph Pilates deeper and his exercise, which wasn't always known as Pilates. It used to be called what control controlology. Controlology, interesting, which is really the control and understanding of your body and how it moves through space. Well, that would be the controlology is science. 
Mm. It's the science of control. And of course, Joe adopted the name. He was good at that. Uh, he did want to make it scientific, uh, but he didn't have any background in science or or any any real way to do that. Uh, so the name uh, stuck for him. But when we wanted to modernize it, mm-hmm. and he was gone, we just started calling it Pilates. Yeah, and it's stuck ever since. Yeah, and so yeah. everyone, find out more about Joseph Pilates today. Is it look good? Can you see it good? Yeah. <laughs> Go get the book. Well, where can everyone get a copy, John? Where can they get it? Yeah. You know where, Amazon. Everywhere, everywhere. Amazon and everywhere. Yeah, Go The get local bookstore. I mean, yeah. if you can go to your local bookstore and say, and wait a day or so, they'll get it for you. Ingram has it right ready for them. And yeah, yeah, get it. It's a good read, isn't it? It is. It's a really good read. And it'll get you to understand uh, the the method, the understand the great man who created it, who wanted to help people get in touch with their body and, and get a better health system for themselves. Because people keep saying, I want to lose weight. I want to feel healthy. Well, this is the best way to do it. One of the best ways to do it, to get in touch with your body. And I'm so grateful, John, that you wrote this book. Thank you so much for coming to share today your great book and your wisdom today with, of Pilates. Thank you. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. I love talking about it. Uh, It was hard writing, but it's a lot easier talking. (laughs) So, yeah, thank you for inviting me. I I hope your audience likes it. And uh, and, uh, And you have a website. uh, uh, You have johnhowardsteel.com. Can they get the book there, too? I yes, there's a button you can click through. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to go to Amazon one click less. I mean, how hard is that? But uh, and you can find out a little more about the book mm-hmm. on the website. Although Amazon now has over sixty five star uh, praise quotes, so uh, you can find out a lot there. Whether it's something you would enjoy reading or not. You certainly but, will. Uh, you absolutely will. I guarantee it. And then go out right <laughs> afterward or before and take your first class if you haven't already. <laughs> Thank you so much. All I right. Have, have a good weekend. Nice to talk to you, Christina. Bye. You're welcome. Take care. If you like this episode, please share. To hear more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.